Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. The man we are about to hear, I mean, God has really selected him to be here with us. And I believe that you and I, who have been doing ministry in the North here, God has brought him here to be a blessing to us. Amen. Dr. Emmanuel Louis Interfo is a medical doctor by training and a full-time minister of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He served as a resident bishop of the Light of the World Cathedral in Accra, from where he oversees over 100 satellite churches of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the largest charismatic denomination in Ghana and West Africa. Oh, I thought you put your hands together. If you are in doubt, just Google www.dagiwardmills.org and then you'll see it for yourself. From different denominations with the aim of encouraging both the qualitative and quantitative growth of God's church. By the grace of God, his ministry, he, he ministers in conferences in Africa, the USA, UK, Australia, the Caribbean, and Europe. Dr. Ntefo's area of interest include church growth, the cell system, the Holy Ghost, church planting, pastoral ministry, and Christian leadership. He speaks both English and Russian fluently. <laughs> if you're a Russian, don't be afraid. <laughs> Amen. He holds a research master's in missionology from the Greenwich School of Theology, UK, and Northwest University, South Africa. If you want to contact him, his contacts are Lighthouse Chapel International, the Light of the World Cathedral, number one Amabedua Street, Kolegono, Accra, Ghana, West Africa. You can also start him on the post office book, STC 100, Kanishi, Accra, Ghana, West Africa. If you also want to follow him online, you can follow him on PS Interfo. P.S. Interfo at yahoo.com or lighthousecollegono.org. We'll all put it on the screen for you later for you to be able to get it and follow him. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God has brought us a man to impart into our lives. Amen. Cornelius prayed, asking the Lord for something, but the Lord sent him an angel direct from heaven. And when the angel came, the angel told Cornelius, you need to send men to Joppa so that a man there will come and tell you what you need to hear. A man will come and direct you. And I believe most of us or many of us have been praying for our churches to really be established and do well. And I believe that tonight, God has sent us, Bishop Interphone, to organize this conference for us, to show us the things that we need to know and what we have to do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are excited as I am, giving honor to whom honor is due, let's stand to our feet, put our hands together, let's welcome Bishop Emmanuel Louis in Tefo. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. God bless you. you. May be seated. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands for Jesus? Hallelujah. How many of you here are pastors? Can I see your hand? You are pastors. You are pastors. Wow. How many here are church workers? You work in your church, you are a deacon, you are a leader. You know. How many of you are church workers and pastors? Can I see your hand? Church workers or pastor? You are a pastor or you are a church worker? Can I see your hand? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's a blessing um, to come and share fellowship with you all. Uh, I bring you greetings from my father in ministry, Bishop Dark God Mills. How many of you know Bishop Dark? All right. Wow. 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 How many of you have been blessed by his ministry? We thank the Lord. Uh, I stand here today because uh, I didn't even... Uh, it was not part of my plan to become a pastor. I trained as a, a medical doctor and I just loved the Lord and I loved to do uh, what I could do in the house of God but one day he called me and said, listen, the call of God is upon your life. And uh, you must be trained to become a pastor. And as the journey started, he appointed me as a pastor, ordained me as a, a reverend minister, and consecrated me as a bishop. And all that I know um, in Christian maturity, in ministry, uh, I've been taught by my father in ministry of God. And, um, and um, you know, for those of you who know him, every year the bishop hosts a huge international conference in Accra, the ISI, 
which now has changed. Uh, the name is changed to um, Give Thyself Holy uh, Conference. And he has written so many books. All the books that you see here, he has written them, you know. And he teaches on so many areas. Church growth, church planting, loyalty, um, Christian leadership, you know, Christian sacrifice, so many different areas. And his ministry has been a blessing to many in Ghana and outside Ghana. I've had the privilege uh, to travel with him to many, many places outside the country. And it's amazing how his ministry is received and has been a blessing to many in the world. As I've been following him, um, about, about six years ago, I just felt the Lord leading me to focus on the subject of the growth of the church, church growth. And uh, as the years have gone by, the Lord has led me and spoken to me to, you know, teach on this topic, especially to, you know, um, young ministers, um, pastors who don't have, you know, large congregations, growing churches, and, and, and all that. And um, the bishop said to me, it's a good vision, press ahead on it. And therefore, I stand here uh, with his blessing, with his authority, under his anointing, to extend his ministry to all of you. So, uh, it's a privilege and honor to be here. I want to thank our bishop who oversees all the Lydda Chapel international, international churches in the three northern regions, the northern region, the, the upper east, the upper west, Bishop Kwekua Tiamo. Um, we have hundreds of churches in this part of Ghana and uh, he is the man who is overseeing, overseeing the pastors, the missionaries, you know, and all the various things that we are doing here. Very great, great, great man of God. Uh, and Bishop Kukwa, I want to say thank you so much for helping us to put together the conference. And I want to salute Mama Shine. She's always shining with beauty. Hallelujah. And I want to welcome all of you wonderful pastors, great men of God who are laboring, you know, and representing Jesus Christ in this part of the country. God bless you for the great work that we are doing. And our aim during these three days is to help of the work that you are doing so that it can become bigger it can become greater and it can make more impact. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for the anointing for church growth that is released upon your servants in these three days. Thank you for wisdom that is impacted to the hearts of your pastors. Thank you that those who have come here discouraged and frustrated 
are going back with joy and excitement and with even more strength and more eagerness and more determination to do the work of the ministry. Holy Spirit, have your way. Guide us into all truth. Lead us. Let your presence be here. Reveal wisdom to our hearts. We thank you. And now we bind Satan. We bind demons. We take over every agenda of the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we declare that the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified in this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, it is very important, you see, for us to uh, have a desire to have large churches. To have large churches. Amen. It is one thing planting a church and another thing growing it. And if you have been in the ministry for some time, what I'm saying to you is not a, mi- a mystery. I mean, there are many of us here, you are really forcing. Eh? You are really, really forcing. But since the church got to 25 people, it has decided not to move. It has, it has become like the mountains that surround Jerusalem. They don't want to move. You go to 30, you are very happy. Then in two weeks, you don't know what happens. It drops to 13. <laughs> is there anybody here that, that, that the Lord is talking to now? You know, and, and, and you realize that it can be very frustrating. It can be very discouraging. You know, about, um, about, about three weeks or four weeks ago, a pastor came to my office in Accra. And he said, Bishop, I don't know what to do again. I feel like giving up on ministry. And he was telling me how the church is not working. How the church is not working. You know, how he has done everything that he knows to do. Do you understand that? I had a, a pastor who wrote to me last, last week. The last week. You know, and uh, he was telling me about his joy. He's been coming for the church group conferences uh, in Accra. And how uh, his ministry has turned around. How the Lord has blessed him. His church, his ministry has grown. You know, and, 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 and he, he's so excited. In fact, he told me, I've heard, Bishop, that you have been moving around the church group conference. Please, I want to have where you go. I want to follow you. And, and last year I was in Kenya, you know, and I'll be going back again. He said, I want to follow you there. You know, so, so you can see that, you can see that it is not easy to grow a church. Hey, it's not easy. You know, I always tell my Bible students that if you are passing somewhere, and then you see a pastor who has a church of 20 people. I tell them, go to the church, greet the pastor, give him an offering, salute him, and then go. 
Because to gather 20 people, it is not easy. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. You know, so that is why the Lord has touched my heart um, with this conference. And I remember some time back, last year or last year, the Lord told me, He said, Forget about big churches. He said, The name of the conference is Church Growth, not Church Grown, but Church Growth. Help churches to grow. So, so my focus is not even on big churches that are established, but on those of us who it's not easy for us. How many of you agree that it's not easy? But I have good news for you. Church growth, it is possible. I said church growth, it is possible. Amen. The theme for our conference is church growth. It is possible. I want you to live here. Okay? Have it in your heart, deep down in your heart, a great conviction and a great divine persuasion that your church will grow. And that you are going to see growth in your church. It is possible. It can be done. And it will come to pass in your ministry in the name of Jesus. Why don't you clap your hands for the Lord? Pastors here, I mean, you are just about to give up. Just about to give up. I've had several pastors who have come to speak to me and say, Look, Bishop, no, I, I can't continue. Amen? Amen. But it's a joy to see that over the years, you know, many pastors have been impacted with. So, I want you to understand because somebody will ask, Why is the need for a church? A church good conference. I get what I'm saying. Yeah, and the need is so that we can focus on growing the church. Hallelujah. Now, tonight I want to give you God's prophetic word as you leave this conference. Amen. Give me Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36, take it from verse 30. Hallelujah. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field. There's going to be increase in your field in the name of Jesus. I am declaring to you God's prophetic blessing for you. And God is saying that He will multiply the fruit of your tree and the, the increase of your field. That ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the hidden. Look, sometimes when your church is not growing, even you yourself, you wonder whether you are called. You begin even to despise yourself. But from this conference, God is removing every reproach that has been on your life and your ministry in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourself in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Not for your own sakes do I do I this, said the Lord God. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Now, God says, it is not for your sake. 
You see, God is not going to grow your church so that you will take a glory. So you are known as a famous pastor. But God is going to grow his church so that the glory will come unto him. So that his kingdom will come. So that a lot of people will be saved. So that multitudes will be established in the kingdom. Can I have an amen? amen. That said the Lord God, verse 33, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the wastes shall be builded. Every wasteland in your ministry is going to be built in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. It is going to happen to you from this conference. Something is coming into your life to cause the waste places, the desolate places in your ministry to be built in the name of Jesus. You are going to become a mega church pastor. Your name is being changed in the realm of the spirit and you are going to be called a mega church pastor in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm? And the desolate land shall be filled. Wow. And the desolate land shall be filled. Eh? Shall be shall be tilled. Whereas it lay desolate in the sight, in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become the garden of Eden. Are you clapping your hands? Your desolate church is going to be tailed. Hallelujah. And the people who are going to pass by from in Zebila, in Navrongo, eh, in Zavelugu, in Walewale, in Tamale, wherever your church is, they will look at you and say, ah, but this church that we thought it was dying, this church that we thought that it was not working, look at how great it has become. Look at how wonderful it has become. Look at how glorious it has become. Receive the prophetic blessing in the name of Jesus. Receive the prophetic blessing in the name of Jesus. Receive this prophetic blessing. It is happening to you now. I said it is happening to you now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue. And they shall say, This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities have become fenced and are inhabited. Look, your church, when, when you enter the church, you see two people here, five people here. Even you have tried to arrange the church so that it looks filled. But still, still, when you are counting within two minutes, you can count all the people. The day that a certain woman doesn't come of the children, the church is finished. But God is saying, your church is going to be inhabited. Your church is going to be inhabited. Your church is going to be inhabited. Receive that prophetic blessing. Receive that growth. Receive that increase. It is coming from the north. It is coming from the south. It is coming from the east. It is coming from the west. In the name of Jesus, the angels are bringing the source in. The angels are bringing the source in. Receive in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 37. Now listen to this. 
Thus said the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. You see, that is why we are here. Because God says that as a pastor, you have asked him so many things. You have asked him to bless your finances, give you somewhere to live. You have asked him to bless your children. You know, so many things. But the Lord has said that there is one thing that he has been waiting for you to ask. He said, he said go back to verse 37. I will yet for this, that said the Lord, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. God says, I've been waiting. He has been waiting for you to ask for this. To ask for this. To ask for what? To do it for them. He said, what he has been waiting for you to ask. It is something he would like to do for you. What is it that God has been waiting for you to ask so that he does it for you? I would increase them with men like a flock. God is going to increase you with men. I said God is going to increase you. Eh? From whatever town or village you came from. Hallelujah. I got what I'm saying. In Mark chapter 2, when Jesus came to the town, the Bible said the whole town was gathered unto him. It shall be your testimony in the name of Jesus. A day is coming that that's your village, that's your town. Most of the people will come to your church. I said most of the people will come to your church. Receive that prophetic blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen? Huh? Continue. Continue. Verse 38. Verse 38. As the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast. You see, uh, you remember Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a feast that was celebrated nine weeks after um, the feast of Passover. Jesus Christ was crucified during Passover. Amen. That is why 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says that he is our Passover lamb. Amen. Nine weeks later, or, okay, the feast of Pentecost was celebrated. And if you remember, when the Holy, Holy Spirit came, the Bible said that there were people from all nations, of all tongues, who had gathered there. Because in those days, when the people of Israel were celebrating their feast, they all had to congregate in Jerusalem. And people came from everywhere. And so there were a lot of people. Go, go to Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2 from about verse 5. Quickly. Acts chapter 2 from verse Now look at it. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews. Remember in Ezekiel 36, he says, like during the solemn feast of Jerusalem. Is that not so? And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heaven. Under heaven. Continue. Now, when this was brought, noise about, the multitude came together. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? 
and how here we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we are born. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt and in, and in parts of Libya, about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. All these people have gathered in Jerusalem. The Bible said the multitudes. Now, go back to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 38. Hallelujah. So now you can understand. When it says, as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast, so shall the way cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So the Lord is saying, just as he used to gather multitudes during the solemn feast of Jerusalem and fill Jerusalem, it is the same thing that he's going to do in your ministry. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It is the same thing that he's going to do in your ministry. How many of you are happy about that? So this is your prophetic blessing. And I wanted to sink into, you see, the prophecy that you believe is the prophecy that will come to pass in your life. Yes. Amen. The prophecy that you believe is the prophecy that will work and will happen in your life. So God is saying that he's going to increase you. He's going to build you up. He's going to fill your desolate cities. Your desolate classroom. Hallelujah. You are going to break out from that classroom in the name of Jesus. That classroom that you have been hiding for the past 10 years, 15 years, 6 years, 8 years, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, bring forth out of it in Jesus' name. These are the blessings that are going to happen to you. So now, what I want you to understand is that, pastors, the first thing that I want you to understand is that God wants you to have a mega church. What is a mega church? A mega church is a large church. It's a large church. And God wants you to have a large church. Now, there are some pastors who become a little, uh, um, a little fearful when you talk about a mega church. But you see, if you are a pastor, you must understand the work that you are involved in. Hallelujah. Because every profession has an aim. A striker, a football striker, wants to score more goals. That is why some football strikers are called prolific striker. Prolific. In other words, he scores a lot. He scores a lot. If you take, you know, someone like Ronaldo of Real Madrid or Ronaldo, uh, Messi, as of last week, Messi has scored in his career 499 goals. A prolific striker. I get what I'm saying. I, I get what I'm saying. But you can have a, a, a striker of Brekum Asna who has been playing for about five years. You know, he's a, he's a top striker for the team, but all his goals in five years are about 42. So you can see that he's not a prolific uh, striker. If you take a businessman, most businessmen want to make a lot of money. They want to have a lot of money. In the north here where people rear cows and the rest, I mean, 
People want to talk about the hundreds of cows that they command. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. Now, as a pastor, as a pastor, what is your aim? Your aim is that through you and your ministry, God will bring multitudes into the kingdom. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Now listen to what Jesus said. In John 15, 8, he said, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bring forth more fruit. For then are ye my disciples in me. Herein is my Father glorified. My Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. Watch it. Watch it. Pastors, we must understand what, you know, our work is, is involved. Because, because you can never have church growth. Listen to this. You can never have church growth until you understand that you must have church growth. Yes. Yes. And I'll be talking more about this from tomorrow. If, 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 if your aim is that you are satisfied with the letter that you have, you will be in the letter that you have for the next 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. And many pastors, you know, have that mentality of smallness. A small church. We have about 20 people, 50 people, 35 people. You know everybody's name. You know all the families. They all know your name. They greet you. During Christmas, they all bring you some yams and some millet. You know, some goats, you know, and all that. And it's like, that is ministry. You are finished. No. God can do more with you. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 15 and verse 16, Jesus said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. Eh? You should bring forth fruit. Jesus wants us to bear fruit. And what type of fruit is, is he talking about? Much fruit. Much fruit. When, when I started this conference, we called it Much Fruit and Church Explosion Conference. That's how we call it. That was the initial name. You see, so, so I realized that it's a vision that has crystallized now. The church must grow. So that is the first thing that you must settle in your mind that Look, wherever you are, in the smallest village, in the biggest city, God wants you to have a large church. Lift up your right hand. Say, I've changed my mind. In the name of Jesus. I've changed my mind. From today, in the name of Jesus, I've decided to be a mega church pastor. In the name of Jesus. Ask your brother, do you believe your confession? Do you believe it? And, and listen. When you go home, starting from tomorrow, when you wake up, I want you to confess I'm a mega church pastor. I'm a mega church pastor. When you enter your church, when you, when you enter your church and you see your, your 80 people, say, I'm a mega church pastor. Believe it. Believe it. For, for as a man is in his heart, so is he. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? Now, why am I 
mega church. God wants want a lot of people to be saved. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Loved the world. Loved the world. The whole world. Do you understand that? Jesus came to die for the whole world. Yeah. He said in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now let me ask you a question. If you were God and you have more than 7.2 billion people to save, will you want to save only a hundred of them? No. So God wants a lot of people to be saved. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says that it is not the will of God that any should perish, but that all will come to repentance. Hallelujah. Eh? Do you understand it? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Timothy 1 4. It is the will of, of the Lord that all will come to the knowledge of the truth. Of the truth. The truth that God loves them. Amen. The truth that God loves them. He wants, he wants all men to be saved. Now, look at me, pastors. If that is the case. If that is the case. Let's take only Tamale. I don't know the population of Tamale. What is the population of Tamale? About 500,000. Now, if that is the case, God wants 500,000 people in Tamale to be saved into the kingdom. Do you think that our churches will be 130, 40, 500, 300 if all the people were to enter in the kingdom? Look, we'll have a problem. We'll have a problem. Bishop Kweku's church on Sunday morning, they, they will have to carry him and send him away because from morning to the following day, people will be flocking and flocking and flocking and flocking and flocking and flocking. So, the fact that our churches are not full must tell us that we are not walking in the will of God. We are not walking in the will of God. Now, let's take the ministry of Jesus. Let's take the ministry of Jesus. What does the scriptures tell us about Jesus? Wherever we saw Jesus, the multitude followed him. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 5, when he went on the, uh, on the mount, alright, and sat down, the Bible said, when he saw, he saw the multitudes, and he began to speak to his disciples. Yeah. I get what I'm saying. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35. The Bible said that, and Jesus went to all their villages and their, and their cities, teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. Verse 36. And when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, eh, for they fainted and were scattered as sheep without shepherd. Then said he, verse 37. To his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, 
but labors are few. Wherever you saw Jesus, multitudes followed him. And our ministries must look like the ministry of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we are lost. Otherwise, we are lost. Yes, Ephesians 5, 2 tells us to be followers of God as dear children. So we are supposed to be followers of Jesus. We are supposed to be followers of Jesus. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So Jesus' ministry was preaching, teaching, and healing. Your ministry must be preaching, teaching, and healing. And Jesus had multitudes of people following him. You must have multitudes of people following him. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Now, when the church started, after Christ has left, what do we see? The church had um, 12 people, 12 apostles, who then gathered in the upper room with the rest of the disciples, 120 of them. 120. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they had their first crusade, 3,000 people were added to the church. In one day. 3,000. 3,000 were added to the church. That's Acts chapter 2. Verse 41. In Acts chapter 4, 5,000 more were added. In Acts chapter 5, the Bible talks about multitudes of men and women who followed him. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says that, and when the number of the disciples multiplied. Now, now the Bible was not talking about hundreds or thousands. It was talking about multiplication. Hello? So, Jesus' ministry, we see multitudes following him. The apostles, when they started, we see multitudes following them. It is our time now. We cannot be having 20 people, 30 people, 14 people, 5 people, 20 50 people, we must be like Jesus. We must be like the apostles. And that grace that is, is coming upon you. That grace is coming upon you. But you see, you must have a change in the mindset. You must have a change in your mindset. Yes. You see, a mindset is the way you think. And you see things. I, I believe that the greatest block to church growth is the pastor thinking that what he has is enough. <laughs> yeah. At my cathedral, every month we have um, an assessment meeting of the previous month's activity. So, as April has, March has ended, we are going to have that meeting to assess how many outreaches were done in March, how many souls were won, how many of them were established, you know, uh, different things. Now, when you, and, and the meeting can start from Sunday evening, let's say 6, to Monday dawn, 3 a.m., or Monday, you know, sometimes when we have it on Mondays, like about 6, 7 o'clock, 
to, to Tuesday dawn, we'll be there with charts, with screens, with data. Now, if, 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 if it is your first time of visiting us, your impression will be that there's nobody in this church. It's a very small church. Yeah. But by the grace of God, God has blessed us with thousands of people. We have thousands of people. But when you come to look at the way we are fighting over one soul that we cannot find, when you come to see a pastor who is being queried about two souls that he cannot find, and the way he's sweating, and the way he's being, I mean, taken apart from left harass, you, you, you think that, ah, you know, but you see, I'm trying to say that we are not happy with what we have. We are not happy. We are not happy. No, 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 no. We, are not, we want more. Yeah, we want more. Now, when you say church growth, listen to it. I want to define church growth for you. Very simple. Church growth is that through your ministry, when your church has grown, or your church is growing, it that through your ministry, through your ministry, through your church, many people are being depopulated from hell and coming to fill heaven. That's all. I want to say it again. When you say that your church is growing, or your church has grown, it means that God has used you, or God is using you to depopulate hell and bring more people into your, into the kingdom through you. That's all. What it also means is that if your church has a few people, then it means that through your ministry, only a few people have entered heaven. How many of you want God to use you to bring a lot of people into the kingdom? Can I see your hand? Give me an amen. Yes. That is what church God is about. That's what church God is about. So, you know, have this mind that you want God to use you to build large churches. Some of you are founder, you are founder of a church. Do you understand that? Through, through, through your ministry, there must be other branches, large branches. In 1988, okay, God began to use Bishop Dag. Start a, a little church. Eight, five people. Five people. That little church now has grown to become almost 2,000 branches in 70 countries worldwide. I don't know whether you watch it on the television, but on Good Friday, on Good Friday, a session of the church, those of us in Accra and Tama area, Kaswa area, we gathered at the Independence Square. The president uh, was there. Now, that, 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 that was not Lighthouse. That, that was just a session of the church in Accra around that gathered. And even that, when we went to church and we asked, how many of you were not able to come? We had people lifting up their, their hands. That church is from five people. For five people. So God can use you to do great things. Do you understand? There are lighthouse branches that have hundreds of people. It's one of the cathedrals here. Now, I'm sure you have seen so many lighthouse branches, buildings all over in the northern part of this uh, country. So those of you who are founders of churches, don't settle for one church. Build more branches and have bigger, bigger, bigger churches all over. 
That is what God wants to use you to do. That is why he said in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 7, I will yet for this be inquired of by the children of Israel to do it for them. I will multiply them with men like a flock. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. So you must have a change of mind. Stand to your feet, everybody. Lift up your two hands. I want you to pray and say, Lord, give me a new heart. Give me a new mind to have to become a mega church pastor. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. Pray right now. Say, Lord, change my heart. Change my heart. Change my mindset. Change my mindset. I want to become a mega church pastor. I want, to u- I want you to use me to build a large church in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and pray. Lift up your hands and pray. Oh, yes, Lord. 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 Pray. Pray. God is changing your heart right now. God is changing your heart right now. God is changing your heart right now. Pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Now come with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Hallelujah. Verse 33. Now, so the first thing I've spoken about is for us to have the mindset to have large churches. How many of you want to have a large church? How many of you have changed your mind? How many of you, you know, before today, you realized that that mind, you didn't actually have it well, didn't really occur to you. Let me see your hand. Yes, 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 it's true. Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33, another parable spake ye unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto living. Everybody say living. Which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was living. The kingdom of heaven is like living. Which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole meal was leavened. The New Living Translation rendition goes like this. Jesus also used the illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast. How many of you know yeast? Yeast. What do we use yeast for? To do what? To, bake, to do what? Bake bread. To bake bread. Is that also? 
All right? The kingdom of God is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. The NIV says, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of God is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And I like the contemporary English version. He says, Jesus also said, the kingdom of heaven is like what happens when a woman mixes a little yeast into three batches of flour. Finally, all the dough rises. Now, brother, do you know yeast? Yeast. How many of you know yeast? Can I have a mic? Can I have a mic? Quickly. Come. Do you know yeast? Come, please. What is the use of yeast? It's used to put into a flour. For what reason? To make it rise or become expanded to be to, to be used as uh, to be used to bake bread. If 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 the yeast is not added to the flour, what happens? It does not rise at all. Thank you. Clap your hands for him. Thank you. Now, there is a revelation in this parable that I want you to catch. And that will help you to understand why you are at this conference. And why you must desire to be at such conferences. Jesus says that he compared listen to this. He compared the influence of yeast of yeast or living on God's kingdom with the influence that it has on a flower dough. Hmm. Now, I have baked bread before. My mother had six boys. We are told that she always wanted a girl. So she started number one, number two, boy, number three. But then they told her, oh, the fourth one, the third one will be a, a girl. Then another boy. The fourth one, that she got to sex. When she got to sex, she realized that she doesn't want to listen to anybody's advice. Six boys. And growing up, one of the things that we saw her doing was baking bread. And I learned it. Now, if, if you have baked bread before, you realize that if you don't put yeast in the bread, it will not rise. How many of you agree? How many of you agree? So if you want the bread not to grow, not to be influenced by a growth factor, a growth booster, don't put yeast into it. Then it will be small. But if you want the bread to bloat, and I think that some of the bakers, they even cheat us. They put too much. So it just blows up. 
Hallelujah. So, so, the word yeast here, the word living here, is translated from the Greek word zyme. Z-Y-M-E. Zyme. Alright? I'm sure as pastors, we are aware that the Bible was translated from two original languages. The Old Testament from the Hebrew Aramaic language and then the New Testament from the Greek language. So the word living here that Jesus used, when you check the Greek meaning, is the, is the word zyme. Z-Y-M-E. And zyme means an influence. An influence. It means something that can have an effect. And in fact, it can have, it can have both negative and positive yeah. So, so, spiritually speaking, Jesus, okay, uh, was saying that, was saying that living has an influence. Living has an influence. Living affects, it changes things. That is why in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 6, put it there, he said, Beware of the living of the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees. And he was talking about their wrong doctrines. And wrong teachings. And wrong emphasis. Then Jesus said unto them, Take it and beware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Amen. And in verse 12, he explained to them what he meant. You can, you can even pick it from verse 11. From verse 11. Okay. How is it that ye do not understand that I speak not to you concerning bread? That ye should beware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Huh? Verse 12. Then understood they that he bade them not beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So Jesus was saying, beware of the evil doctrines. Because the Pharisees taught so many things. Which were wrong. Hallelujah. So, so, their living was a negative living. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 6, look at it. Okay, Paul spoke about another type of living. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 6. Your glowing is not good. Now, uh, you remember in First Corinthians chapter five, Paul was saying that it had been mentioned unto me, unto me that there is fornication in your church, and such fornication that even the Gentiles do not do, that a man should take his own father's wife. So that was the problem that he was addressing, and he was saying in the six, your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little living, living at the whole lamp. Now watch. Paul was saying, a little yeast, a little living has an influence. And in this case, he was talking to them about the spirit of fornication and adultery that was going on in the Corinthian church that they were entertaining. And he was saying, don't you people know that this spirit can take over the church? How many of you understand what I'm saying? So he was calling the sin of fornication and adultery as living. And he was saying that 
that living had the ability to live in the whole lamp. In other words, to influence the whole Corinthian church. And he was telling them that, look, you don't, you must be careful and, and, not, and not glorify, be, 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 be glorifying yourself in the fact that you have certain going on. But this is the point. Watch me. Listen to me. Because if you miss this point, you have missed the, something powerful. Now, if the living has an influence, if the living can make things to grow, if the living can change lives, can affect a whole church, if a little influence can affect a whole church, then I want you to know that just as a negative living can affect a whole church, then a positive living of church growth anointing, teachings on church growth, wisdom on church growth, strategies on church growth, if you receive them and you apply them in your church, they will also have a positive effect on your church. How many of you understand that? So now, one of the reasons why we have gathered here is that at this conference, God is going to give you living. Living that you are going to go back to Narelugu or Zabelugu or Nyampala or Salaga, wherever you came from. Living that you are going to apply in your church. And that little living is going to permeate that whole church and cause the church to explode in growth. Because living is an influence. Living is a growth factor. Living is a growth booster. So, there are certain anointings that are going to come upon you in these days. Yeah, the anointing for church growth is a living. That when it comes into your life, it will change your life. It will change your ministry. Wisdom for church growth. Revelation, insight, strategies. So, in these three days, God is packaging a church growth living. Re- remember that living is something that influences something. Living is something that causes something to grow. Jesus said, for the kingdom of God is like an east that a woman took and put into a large dough of flour and it arose. So which means that when the church growth living enters you, enters your church, your church will begin to grow. I said your church will begin to grow. Receive a living. Receive your living. Your church God living in the name of Jesus. Look, decide that you are not going to live here without a living. Wisdom. So now, as we are sitting down here, tonight, tomorrow morning, in the evening, the following day, you must open your heart. I mean, you, you, must be, you must be looking for revelation. You must be looking for wisdom. You must be looking for insight. You must be looking for something. It's like, it's that, what is it that God wants to say to me specifically? Because the living has the ability to change your ministry and change your church. Yeah. One of the livings that I'll be speaking about uh, is the cell system. The cell system. 
How many of you know about the cell system? Yeah. I personally don't know of any more powerful child growth strategy than the cell system. I'm always encouraging our shepherds, our, our missionaries, and our pastors to do cells. It's a living. Yeah. It's a living. It, it is an influence that God has given to us in our church. Yeah. In 2007, I was pastoring one of our cathedrals and the bishop transferred me to where I am now. The Kologono Cathedral was our first international cathedral. That's where the presiding bishop and the founder was for many, many years. I'm, I'm sure some of you heard about all the challenges that went on there. But that, it, is, it is there that Lighthouse got established. We sent missionaries to all the world from there. And in, in 20, um, 2007, I think, the beginning of the year, we moved from there to where we are now, Kodesh. And when we moved, we closed down the Kologono Cathedral for almost one year. So there was no activity there. There was no church. And towards the end of that year, in December, then we took one of our branches around and we brought it there. And the bishop transferred me from where I was and said, look, I want you to go and occupy the Kologono Cathedral now and build another church. So I came there um, I think in April or March. March, April. March, I think April of, 20, of 28. The church had about 250 people. And in 27, I had the privilege of traveling to Dr. Yonggi Church Church Growth Conference in Korea for the first time with the Bishop, Bishop Dark. See, when you see that church, you will see that you will ask yourself whether you are called. <laughs> yeah. At that time, the church was 830,000 people. <laughs> Amen? And we're introduced to the cell system, and I came back to Ghana very inspired by the cell system. When I got to my church, the Sakumono church, we started it, and we just saw the church growing very fast. So when the bishop transferred me, and I came to this new church, I knew that that was what I was going to do. But for some reason, I never, I never really did it. I'm talking to you about living. What I'm saying is that in these three days, God has brought you here because he wants to give you living. A strategy, wisdom, an anointing, a revelation, something that when you go back, when you go back, and you start doing, your church will begin to grow. Now, 
I didn't implement the sales strategy in this new church. And by September or October, the church had dropped to about 140, or 140 between 140 to 160 people. Yeah. Those days we used to have little, little fellowships, ministry meetings. We said they should do outreaches. Nothing was happening. And I was praying and saying, Lord, what should I do? Lord, what should I do? I remember sitting in my study, praying, and the Lord opened my eyes and said, I told you to do sales. The living that I give to you is sales. When you used it in that church, didn't it grow? And I told you, that is the living that I've given to you. That, that is the influence. That is the thing that if you add to the church, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like living. Yes, that a woman took and put in three measures of meal until it lived, it lived the whole. So I realized that the wisdom that God had given to me, I departed from it. You see, it is very important for us to build the church with the wisdom of God and not with our own wisdom. Hello? That is why we must be led by the Spirit. I'll be talking to you about how the Holy Spirit brings church growth. Yeah. That's why we must be led by the Spirit. We must be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot build the church. Lift up your right hand. Say, I cannot build a church. Say, I am not building any church. Jesus is the one building his church. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Pastors, look, you say, I am building the church. Hey, Shelly, you are not building any church. Yeah. And it is because you are building the church, that's why the, the church is the way it is. Anything that Jesus is in charge, it changes. Hello? I said, anything that Jesus is in charge of, it changes. Matthew chapter 14. He was in the desert teaching the people. He said, the people need food. He said, what do we have here? Five loaves of bread, two pieces of fish. He said, no problem. Everybody sit down. He fed uh, 5,000 people. He came to, to, to Peter and the rest fishing. They, they had packed their things. They were going home. After using Peter's boat, he said, look, throw the net here. Peter said, listen. Number one. We have talked all day. We have caught nothing. Number two, we are more experienced fishermen. We don't know where you came from. Number three, it is in the morning. We normally fish in the night. Fishes, you don't catch fishes in the day. In the day, when you throw that thing, they run away. But he said, at that weight, based on your wisdom, based on your instruction, based on your influence, based on your direction, I will do it. And when he, they did it, they caught a lot of fish. It happened in John chapter 21. They didn't catch anything. When he came, he showed them. They caught a lot. What I'm trying to say is that eh, you are not building any church. No. You are a vessel in the hands of God. That is why you must, you must flow this way. You must flow like a butterfly after the Holy Spirit. Amen? I get what I'm saying. Yeah. You cannot grow the church. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, he said, I have planted, Apollos have watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. God gave the increase. That is why it's very important at the back. Can you hear me? Okay, it is very, very important for us to, to be led by God's wisdom, God's direction, God's influence, God's instructions as to how to build this church. And that's the living that I'm talking about. So what I'm trying to say is that this evening I said two things. I said number one, your journey to becoming a mega church pastor, growing a larger, starts with you changing your mind to know that, look, you must build a big church. Yeah. And number two, number two, okay, number two, um, you must have a living. So God told me that, look, I gave you living. Sell system, go back to it. I still remember. I took my phone and I called one of my senior pastors. I said, Pastor Richard, we are going back to sales. So, this was 2008. I used the rest of the year. I used the rest of the year from about October to, I think, end of March to retrain the church, teach on the, on the sales system, and we launched it in 2009 of about 30-something about cells. Yeah. Now, when we launched it, the resource was just dramatic. The church that had been torturing, 140, 150, 160, just started like this. Started. And since that time, it has been forward and higher ever. Until the church has grown to become thousands and thousands of thousands of thousands of people, of people today. Our main thing that we do is this living. Sales. That's the main thing that we do. Yeah. Just last Sunday, eh, I dispatched some people. We are starting another about is it 81? Eh, about 81 cells. Another about 81 cells. We have hundreds of them already. But you see, I am following the living. Hello? Remember that it is the living, Pastor Fred, that if you put into the, the flower, it causes it to rise. So in your church, after this conference, there some, there's a living that you must go and put in the church. And the living are the different strategies we are going to share about. The wisdom, the revelation, the anointing. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you three components of the living that you are going to receive. Number one. Number one. At this conference, okay, At this conference, at this conference, the first component of the living you are going to receive is the wisdom for church growth. Lift up the right hand. Say, Lord, give me wisdom for church growth. Yes, that's the first thing. Wisdom for church growth. 
In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. God's word says that the most important thing is wisdom. Hallelujah. Now, what is wisdom? The wisdom is, is the way you think and the way you are able to make use of facts and knowledge. The way you think. And you see, I listen to me. You can only do mighty things for God if you have the wisdom of God. I'll say it again. You can only do mighty things for God if you have the wisdom of God. Now, look at Daniel and the three Jewish boys. They became great in the land of Babylon based on what? The wisdom of God that they had. The wisdom of God. Joseph rose from being a prisoner to a prime minister in one day based on the wisdom of God that he had. He said, King, this is the interpretation of the dream. And then this is what you must do. During the first seven years of abundance, make sure that you store a lot of the corn that is coming. So during the, he explained, and the king said, that, is there any man in the land who has wisdom like this person? No, there's no man, so become the prime minister. Of Jesus, they said of Jesus, they looked at the mighty works that Jesus was doing, and they asked the question. They asked the question, look at it, Mark chapter 6 and verse 2. Mark chapter 6 and verse 2. Mark chapter 6 and verse 2. So the first aspect of the wisdom, uh, that you, are, you must believe God to carry from you is a certain wisdom for church group. And, and I'm talking about the way you think, your thought processes. Wisdom has gotten to do with your thought processes. The, the, the ability to apply the facts that you have and the knowledge that you have. And when the Sabbath day was come, Mark 6, 2, he began to teach in the synagogue. This is Jesus. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence had this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? They said, what wisdom is given to... What, 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 what type of wisdom is this? You see, they attributed the mighty works that Jesus was doing to a certain wisdom. How many of you can understand that? Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Mighty works are the products of your wisdom. Mighty works are the products of your wisdom. The mighty works that Jesus did was because of some special wisdom. You see, when I take the father in ministry that God has given to me, Bishop Dark Mills, is a man that this scripture 
applies to. When you look at him and you look at what God has used him to do, you, 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 you can only ask, what wisdom is this? What wisdom is this? That God has given to such a young man to do these great things. He has printed more than 10 million books. Through his crusades, more than 1 million counted souls. Not, not estimate. Huh? Have entered the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, God has used this man and, and, and when you read the books, there's a book that you must get. Every pastor must get this, these three books. On leadership. I tell you, if you are going to be a great pastor, how many of you want to be great pastors? Now, remember, remember that there are different types of lights. God created two lights. A lesser light and a larger light. Believe God to be a larger light. Can I have an amen? amen. I said believe God to be what? A larger light. Yes. Yes. You see, if you take someone like a Reverend Eastwood, eh? Even though he has been based in Bolgatanga all these years and has never wanted to live here, from here, God has made him a light. God has made him a light throughout the whole Ghana and beyond. It's a great light. So the light is not determined on where you are. It's determined by what is on you and what is in you. Amen? Now, what it means to be as wise as a serpent. You see, I'm talking to you about wisdom. One of the ways to get wisdom is by reading. Reading books. Reading books. Reading books. Reading books. What is a book? A book is somebody's research. The facts that are scattered all over. Somebody has gathered it all into one source for you and given it to you. Alright? What it means to be as wise as a serpent. In Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said, I sent you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore um, wise as serpents and as what? Harmless as doves. What does it mean to be wise as a serpent? The snake is one of the amazing creatures on earth. And when you study the snake, you get a lot of revelation for your life. For example, for example, you see that the snake can live anywhere. In water, on ice, everywhere, everywhere. 
So if you're a real pastor, you can live everywhere. The reason why some of us, our ministries are limited is because you always want posh things. You want a good house to sleep in, always. You want a good... When Bishop Dad goes on the crusade, on the crusade uh, uh, and, and the campaigns, sometimes he has nowhere to sleep. Sometimes he has nowhere to sleep. Sometimes it's a room without air condition, which is very hot. He will be there. He will be there. But you see, that ability to adapt is what has made God to also send him. Because it's like, ah, this is a man that if I send him to New York, he will go. And if I send him also to a small village in Ghana. I mean, most of the small, small places in Ghana, he's, had, he's, he's gone there. He had a crusade in Dada number one, Dada number two. What is, what is in Dada number one, Dada number two? How big is it? But he came there. He came there. So, this book will show you the life of a snake and why it is able to survive and it is very fruitful. Something that, if it appears here, will kill it right now. But we can't see it. Hallelujah. Then, the art of leadership. A pastor is first and foremost a leader. You are leading people. You are leading people. And your ability to lead in a certain way will let people gather around you or people scatter from you. Oh yes. Oh yes. You see, you see pastors. You started a church. The church, you know, we are struggling to build a church, gather a few people. The little money that is there, you have used it to go and buy a second hand car. So, so, so when your members, when your members, when your members look at you that way, they say, look, this man, no. If we follow him, we won't do well. He's after our money. It's a revenue institute. Revenue for for maybe 20 years. He lived in a rented house. Yeah. Those days when I used to come and preach in this church quite often and then visit our missions, most of the time I would go and visit him at Borga. And he was in that rented house. Yeah. He was there. He had built this huge church building and built all these churches around before he built a house for himself. That is a leader. That is a leader. And I would like to follow such a leader. That is why you see people following such a person. So leadership is very, very important. Many of you, the reason why your church is the way it is, it's not because you are anointed, but, but beyond the anointing, you don't have a certain ability to lead. So different leadership. One of the leadership principles here is count your pennies. Value the little that you have. After Jesus had fed the 5,000, what did he tell the disciples? He said, go around and gather the crumbs. Go around and gather the crumbs. Yes. So as a pastor, you must know how to use the money. Every penny. When you come to Lighthouse, one of the things that you see is that 
We take offerings and then we take coins. We take coins. You, you, you see us taking coins. You will see Bishop Dark at ISI, an international conference, saying, coins, bring your coins. One time, there was a wedding in my church and I took offerings, coins. There was one of my members who came of another, another Christian, another brother from another church. He said, the brother told him that when I go, I'm going to tell my pastor to do the same thing. He said, I have seen why you people you have money to build churches. Yes. Count your pennies. Then, this one, a good general. The science of leadership. This book will teach you how to be strong in your church as a general. It will teach you history. It will give you background of leadership, mistakes that people have made, how to lead your church. These three books, get them. Amen? Get them. Because they'll all give you wisdom. You need wisdom. And the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Sometimes some of the things that we do in ministry, you see, are the reasons why people don't follow us. You are very anointed. The Lord has opened your eyes as a prophet. Okay? But if you see something in something in a lady's breast. Don't ask her to remove her breast in, in public. And don't ask the lady to come to her house for you to for her to remove her panty for you to bath her with a special oil. You see that is that is lack of wisdom. That's lack of wisdom. That is lack of wisdom. Hallelujah. So at this conference, may you receive the wisdom for church growth. In the name of Jesus, receive it now. Lift up your two hands and ask God to give you wisdom right now. Wisdom for church growth. 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 Ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Makatari Mohosete. Shabala Matere Bozete. Mandikali Mohokala Mahatala. Zandiri Mohoka Patere Mohosete. Give us wisdom, Lord. Let the spirit of wisdom, let the spirit of understanding, let the spirit of knowledge, O God, let the spirit of revelation and insight. Be released upon us concerning church growth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Rambika liba hayasa, atare mokolibo hokaseri, paliandiri bohoshe, makamba teri mahaya, azibole, mayandiri bohose, atari boseke, makariandiri hese, ikabala masata. Thank you, Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. How many of you are believing God to receive wisdom for church growth? That is one aspect of the living. Number two, the second aspect of the living is that at this conference, God is going to change your stereotype. 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 What does it mean? Your stereotype 
it's the way you are used to do things. Yes. The way you are used to doing things in your church. Look, some of us, the reason why our churches are not working is that you have been doing the same thing over. Your choir always comes to stand in the corner of the church. And always when they are singing, they make a that. For the past 20 years. However, maybe you should let them change more and also do like this. Maybe to bring some attraction. Do you understand it? So when, when I talk about stereotypes, it is the way. It is the way, you know, you do things in the church. So at this conference, you must be open to receive instructions that will let you change some of the way. In fact, talking about that, God can tell you to change the way you are doing some of the things. God can tell you to modify them. Or God can even tell you to stop the way you are doing the thing altogether. So be open. Leave this conference and say, this is the way I used to do this, but God has shown me, shown me that I should change it this way. And if you are able to do that, just like I told you, Peter said, we, the, we have been fishing all the... Jesus said, okay, you throw the net. And in fact, go, go to that scripture. Look, look chapter 5. Go to verse 4. Now, when they had left speaking, look at me, everybody. Look at me. Don't miss the scripture. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. There's something there for you to see. Verse 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Continue. And Simon answered unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Are you getting that? Now, Jesus said, let your net down the deep. He gave them a specific instruction and a specific thing that they should do. And he did it. It brought a different result. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. Maybe you don't read at this conference. Eh? You should say, no, 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 no. I must read. I've realized that reading is very important. Maybe you don't pray. But God will teach you at this conference that, look, look, I have to pray. I have to pray. Maybe the only outreaches that you do are crusades. But maybe God will tell you, ask some different type of uh, outreach. Something different. Don't be safe. Don't be an old tree that cannot be bent. You must be somebody that God can bend you. Go here. Go here. That was the difference between King David and Saul. Saul was, Saul was very stubborn. 
Whenever God told him something, he either didn't do it or he did it slightly different. But David, God said, I have found a man after my own heart who will do all that I say to him. And when you study 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, you see one statement that is made of David all the time. And David inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord. He was always inquiring of the Lord. Can you imagine that in 1 Samuel Samuel chapter 30, when the Amalekites came to ransack his hometown, Ziglag, bent down Ziglag, took his two wives, uh, Ahinoam, the Jesuitess, and Abigail, the former wife of uh, Nabal, eh? and took their servants and all that. Now, if you, you and I, what will we do? That when we the people have passed there, what will we do? We just chase them. But the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, and David inquired of the Lord, should I pursue them? Will I overtake them? Will I recover all? So this was somebody who always wanted to know the mind of God. Look, stubbornness is very destructive. And maybe your church is not working because you are very stubborn. You don't obey God. You don't obey God. It's very, very important for us to be flexible in the hands of the Lord. Can I have an amen? amen. Eh? So you must, you must be like Solomon at this conference. Look at Proverbs chapter 24 from verse 30. Proverbs chapter 24 and from verse 30. We must have the attitude of Solomon. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw, look at verse 32, then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. He said, when I saw what I saw, I immediately considered it. In other words, I thought about it and I received instruction. Yeah. If you have the NIV, can you give it to me? So you see, as we are here, as the word of God is coming, you must meditate. You must consider what the Lord is saying to you. Alright? And receive instruction and say, ah, yes, I'm going to do this. Ah, uh, yes, no, I'm going to change this. Ah, uh, yes, I'm going to modify this. No, 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 this one, I'm going to stop. That, that, is, that is what God expects, you know, you to be behaving here. Hallelujah. Uh, I applied my heart to what I observed and learned lesson from what I saw. So God is going to give you certain lessons during this conference. Do you understand? And the lessons are meant to help you to change Modify or stop what you are doing. So your stereotype, you must be ready for God to change your stereotype. And number three, the final thing. I'm talking about the three components of the Zymi, of the living that you are going to receive. Wisdom for church growth. God is going to change your stereotype. And number three, you are going to receive an anointing for church growth. An anointing for church growth. Hallelujah. You are going to receive an anointing for church growth. Stand to your feet, everybody. 
You are going to receive an anointing. Just stand. Everybody stand, please. You are going to receive Now look at me. Everybody look at me. I'm ending. The ministry. The ministry. Please listen to this. The ministry is not by might. It is not by power. It is by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Look, you may have PhD in church growth. Your church will not grow. It takes the anointing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10, the Bible says that if the iron be blent, then must he put forth more force. If the iron be blunt. So when you are weeding and the cutlass is blunt, you know the way it is. You can't weed. Your hands become painful. Now some of us, we are using brute force. Takashi. To do the church work. It's not by Takashi. It's by the anointing. Now, something about the anointing that you must understand is that God, God gives different anointings to different aspects of the work. So, in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, the scripture says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists some pastors and teachers. What does it mean? There is an anointing. When we talk about anointing, we are talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The grace of God. There is, there is a power or a gift for, a, for an apostle that makes him to be able to go over and pioneer works. For example, eh? Bishop Dad has an apostolic anointing. What he's doing is apostolic. He goes to places, he planted churches, raised up leaders, pastors. You know, that's an apostolic work. It's a grace. Then there's the anointing to evangelize. To win the loss. That's also a different anointing. Look, if a real evangelist comes to stand there to preach and makes an altar call, most of us will give our life to Christ again. You'll be wondering, hey, look, let me, am I saved? Let me go for it to make sure I'm properly saved. Though. Yeah, there is an anointing to be a prophet, to stand in the office of the prophet. If there's a prophet here, if there's a prophet in this room, I'm sure that he has seen an angel or something already. They see like, they see like something. Prophets. And it's a grace. Then there's an anointing to teach the word of God. When somebody who is anointed to teach the word is teaching, the same scriptures that you know, you wonder, ah, what, how, how didn't I understand it this way? That is the anointing of the teacher working. So the point I'm trying to make is that all these things are by the grace of God. But the specific, because the anointing is specific. In the same way, there is an anointing 
that causes a church to start small and grow to become very big. And listen to this. Listen to this. If you don't have it, your church will not grow. And that is the third component of the Zymi that you must believe God to catch. You must believe God at this conference to catch an anointing for church growth. Yes. That anointing, what is on you? Your church just grew. And I believe that God has played that anointing upon my life. We started, there's a service that we started. Four, four weeks. Four, five weeks ago. We have crossed 500 already. Yeah. We crossed 500 already. That is a church growth anointing working. That's a church growth anointing working. As we are here, if a little drop of that if a little drop of that falls on you when you go back you begin to wonder what is happening what is happening last year a pastor came for the church group conference and was telling us he came to witness to everybody how through the church group conference his ministry has been blessed. His church has grown. He has even started several more churches. It's an anointing. It's an, an anointing. That anointing that God has placed on my father, Bishop Dag, that has made him to grow a church from five, from five people to thousands of people worldwide. Two thousand branches in 70 countries. I believe that some of that anointing is upon my head. And in these three days, in these three days, may something come upon you. Receive an anointing for growth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know how the Lord will lead us, but as the Lord leads us, we'll be laying hands on you. Yeah. But whether I lay hands on you, I don't lay hands on you. Look, pray and say, Lord, I need an anointing for church growth. I need an anointing for church growth. Hallelujah. One of the ways to catch an anointing is to listen to the messages of an anointed man of God. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 63, He said, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profited not. The words that I speak to you, their spirit and their life. The words of an anointed man of God carry spirit or anointing. I get what I'm saying. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 2.2, 2, the prophet said, The spirit entered unto me as he speak. Now, over the years, I've been preaching at church group conferences both in Ghana and outside Ghana. And last year, I decided that, look, after the conference, the pastors must continue to have the messages. So, we have compiled this device. It's a 
um, a pen drive, very easy to use. You just fix it in your machine. And there is... Where's Pastor Eric? How many hours? Huh? There's 52 hours of only church growth messages. One pastor told me recently, he says, I play it from morning into the night. 52 hours. Different message, but all on church growth. So you get it, you fix it in your machine, and then you listen. And I want all of you to have it. Now, my people sell it for 50 Ghana cities. But I quarreled with them. I said, my brothers that are coming from the conference, I want to bless them. So I've decided that they should give it to you at 30 Ghana cities. Everybody here, get a Zymi. It's called a Zymi. Zymi. Church growth messages. Zymi. Do you remember the Zymi? The living. The wisdom. The strategies. The anointings. As you listen, 52 hours. Can you imagine? 52 hours. Different, different topics. Different areas. Different areas. Church growth and hard leadership. Church growth and the cell system. Church growth and, and your vision. Prayer. Different things. So, get it. I have decided to give it to you you know, as a gift. Because my aim here is that God will use me to inspire you to go back and see your church growing to the glory of God. Design it. Amen. So, today, as I close, I want you to know that God wants your church to grow. And God is going to change you. And God is going to anoint you. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. Ask God to change you. And ask God to anoint you. Lift up your hands and pray. Ask the Lord to change your mindset. Ask the Lord to give you a living. Ask the Lord to change your stereotype. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Ask the Lord to anoint you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Oh, Makiri Bahaya Seria, 
Hey, help us, Lord. Help us. 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 Lift up your hands and pray. Ask God to give you a large church. Say, Lord, change my ministry. Change my church. Let me become a mega church pastor. Lord, make me a shepherd of a lot of people. In the name of Jesus. We are praying. Lift up your voice and pray. Everybody pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, release upon us the anointing for church growth. Release upon us the anointing for church growth. Release upon us the anointing for church growth. Lord Jesus, release, 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 release. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to grow our churches. Help us to grow our churches. Help us to grow our churches. Give us the living, give us the living, the living that will make our churches grow. Give us the living of God, give us that influence. May we change our stereotype, may we change our stereotype, the way we do things. May we receive instruction, the wisdom from you, wisdom from you. Give us wisdom, give us wisdom, the wisdom we need to grow our churches the wisdom we need now to grow our churches lift up your voice and pray something is coming upon you the Lord is releasing an anointing upon you the Lord is releasing an anointing upon you lift up your voice and pray you are receiving that living now 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 you will know what to do in Hallelujah. the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Father, thank you. Thank you for wisdom, for church growth, for anointing for church growth. Thank you for a new mindset. We are living here as change people. In these three days, we thank you for impartation for church growth. Thank you that our circumstances have changed. Yes, Lord. Our churches have grown. Yes, Lord. Our desolate cities have been populated yes. and inhabited. Yes, Lord. We receive your prophetic word. Amen. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. God bless you. May be seated. have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral College, opposite the College Main Gate. Our service times are Early Rain Service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope Service, Local Languages Services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. 
Love and Faith Service from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To glorify your